to Book Wasted. We drink, we review, we revel. That's Jessica. That's Krista. So today, Jessica, <laughs> we're going to be talking about um, our queen, oh, Meryl Streep. Ah, yes. We were inspired by our our episode last week of Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about our, our queen, Meryl Streep, this, this week. She is. Um, she's an American film actress, and she's known for her masterly technique, her expertise with dialects, and that subtle, expressive face that we all know from Devil Wears Prada. Mm. She's been nominated for 21 Shit. Academy Awards. Damn. But she has only won three of them. I mean. Which is just ridiculous. They, <laughs> she just deserves them all. Uh, so you know what? Let's get merrily wasted today, Jess. All right. I'm excited. Are you ready for this super complicated recipe for this drink that I've got for you? Yes. Okay. First thing you do, mm-hmm. you go to the store. Yes. You go to the, uh, I went to H-E-B, mm-hmm. and you go into the wine market, Yep. and you pick out a bottle of champagne. Ooh. I know, so complicated. Now, yeah. I actually spur- splurge mm-hmm. for this episode. I normally buy a $5 bottle of Andre, because it just tastes fine with orange juice, and it gets me to exactly where I need to be. Right. But this one is like what? It's a 24 carat one with gold yeah. flakes in it, because we're drinking champagne because Meryl Streep is always winning. Yes. And we're celebrating her. We're celebrating Meryl Streep yes. with our gold-flaked champagne. Yeah, it's delicious. It's so, really good. The recipe. Pop the champagne with courage and conviction. Do not let the bottle smell your fear. And pour into a flute at a 45-degree angle. Mm. Then you're going to let the head of the drink dissipate yeah. and enjoy. Very so, nice. Oh, you want to take a drink with yeah, me? Yeah, let's do this. Quack. Cheers. All right. Ah, delicious. I could use another. So good. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with like a short little biography about Meryl Streep because she's got, I mean, like she's kind of got like a normal life, but I love going into people's biographies. Yeah. Born Mary Louise Streep on June 22nd, 1949 in Jersey. She's a Jersey girl. She began singing at a young age, and she had opera lessons. Oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. So apparently when she was young, she had like brown frizzy hair. And she wore glasses. Hmm. But at the age of 15, she was tired of being an awkward little girl. And she dyed her hair blonde and I guess got contacts. Oh, okay. I mean, glow up. Right. So because in high school, she was a cheerleader and she was nominated. She was a homecoming queen, too. Oh, my goodness. She was just not going to be an awkward little girl anymore. Yeah, she wasn't having that. Um, and although she was a part of like a lot of school plays and stuff, she never really caught the acting bug until she was in college at Vassar College. Vassar. Vassar. Mm-hmm. You know, super prestigious school in New York. Yeah. So she received her BA there, and then she went for her master's at Yale. Oh, my God. Yale. Yale. That's crazy. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is. is that's a, that's really expensive, and then it, <gasps> my thought is quickly followed up by the fact that she probably went to school in like the seventies. Yeah, you have to think about that. And it was much much cheaper. It's back a then. little it's a little different. Well, I mean, she, yeah, it was expensive, and she supplemented her school fees by waitressing and typing. Oh wow! So she had two jobs, and not only did she have these jobs, she was also like always in plays and stuff, and mm-hmm. like she was so busy. Girl developed ulcers. Oh my gosh. Ulcers. That's crazy. Like, too young to developing ulcers. And, like, she was so stressed out that she thought about switching her careers and was going to be a lawyer. No. I can actually see her as a lawyer. I could see her as a lawyer, but our lives would not be the same. No. 
we, know, completely we need different. to have a Meryl filled life. I know, but can you just like imagine her like holding court? Oh, absolutely, and persuading people to For like sure. whatever she needed people to yeah. be. I can definitely see that. So. After she graduated with her fucking master's from Yale in mm-hmm. drama, she moved to New York in 1975, and she was cast in a lot of theater roles opposite of the amazing Mandy Patinkin, John Lithgow, and Raul Julia. Wow. You know who Raul Julia is? I don't. He's a... Um, I'm sure I do, but I don't. He's Gomez from, like, the Addams Family. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know his name. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's just Raul Gomez. Julia. No, he's got, he's got a name. Um, something that I thought was really interesting, so when she was younger, the movie Taxi Driver mm-hmm. really inspired her to, like, continue with acting because she wanted to be the kind of actor that Robert De Niro was. Wow. Isn't Those that are, crazy? that's a big person to aspire to. Yeah. Because she never really wanted to go into film, and that's what really this made her want to go into film. Mm-hmm. So she started auditioning for some film rooms and stuff. So I really want you to listen to this fucking shit right here. All right, so she auditioned for um, this Italian director's version of King Kong. Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, in 1976, and he actually ended up casting Jessica Lange in it. Mm -hmm. The one, the classic, the one that we know. The classic, yeah. yeah. So, but when she auditioned for King Kong, and his name is Dino de Florentis? Mm -hmm. I'm not Italian, I apologize. Sure. So apparently, when she went to this audition, in Italian, he said to his son that was sitting next to him, this is so ugly, why did you bring me this? (gasps) I know. Gasp. Everyone gasp. How dare you? Take a moment and just, like, gasp that somebody said this. To Meryl fucking Streep. Meryl, who's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She has, like, these classic lines in her face. Like, who could even say that? But apparently... In, uh, in her style. So he didn't know that she knew Italian, mm. but she does know Italian. Yeah. And she responded back to him, I'm sorry that I'm not beautiful enough to be in King Kong. What the hell? What? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's just honestly crazy. Now there's like a lot of like different versions of this story where she's actually like, this is what you get, blah, blah, blah. But I listen to her interview on the Graham Norton show where she mm-hmm. that's what she responded to but it just baffles me that's crazy uh, and I know that that's the industry but I just yeah. can't imagine saying anything like yeah. that to anybody about anybody yeah like that's just rude I, I didn't even like that version of King Kong anyway so <laughs> I'm fine with that but her first film was in 1977 it's a film called Julia, starring the ever amazing and gorgeous Jane Fonda. Yes. So while they edited out most of her scenes, uh, Streep like she has like Streep said that Fonda has lasting influences on her life and believed that because they got to know each other that Jane opened up many doors for her. Oh wow! I know that's great. I love I love those stories of camaraderie. I love those stories of camaraderie, especially like with like females in yes coming in that together. Mm-hmm. And it's during the seventies. Yeah. So it's just crazy. But let's moving on. So in nineteen seventy eight, she finally got to act alongside. Robert De Niro in The Deer Hunter, which also starred her partner, John Cazelli, who was actually diagnosed with lung cancer but wanted to keep working. Mm. Now, listeners, y'all might know John Cazelli. He played uh, Fredo in The Godfather, the one who dies. All right. Yeah, so that's how I know John Cazelli as well, because I like The Godfather. Yeah. 
So after she was in this movie, she was in the miniseries called Holocaust, where she had to travel for the role. And when she came back, John had gotten progressively worse. And she stayed by his side and nursed him until he died that same year. That's so sweet and so sad. It's so sad. They were together for like three or four years. And wow. I can't even imagine like, you know, losing someone that young. Yeah. But luckily, like, just like a... She's, and she always says that she never got over it. Yeah. But about six months afterwards, she actually got married to uh, Don Gummer, mm-hmm. who is a sculptor. And Ooh. that's been her husband. Very nice. Ever since. So maybe she, like, found, like, true love. You know, yeah. they have children together and everything right? like that. So really sweet. But we're not even... T- we're going to be mainly focusing on her career, because that's what we are all about with um, status. So after... Holocaust was like produced on TV that really got her more like national visibility and she was cast in Kramer versus Kramer which is like a big role and that's where she won her first Oscar for best supporting actress. Oh my goodness, that's have you great. Ever seen it? I have not. Uh Dustin Hoffman, it's about it's about like people going through divorce and child custody. Yeah. So it's really intense. I've heard about it and I think I've, you know, probably seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. But I've never seen the whole thing. Actually, Dustin Hoffman didn't like Meryl Streep at first. What? I know. But then grew to respect her because she worked so hard at that role yeah. and like really just tried to get inside of her character's head. That's great. I like that she earned his respect. I think that too. Because, you, you know, know, I understand. Nobody's going to like me at first either. Right. But now that we've won an Oscar, the first one, mind you, we enter into the 1980s where we see a rise of stardom as she stars in multiple movies. Um, For example, The French Lieutenant's Woman Mm -hmm. with Jeremy Irons, who's really hot when he's younger. Sophie's Choice, which we will not talk about or else it's going to make me cry. So listeners, just go and watch it. Okay. She did state that she was determined to get the role, even though it was written for Ursula Andress. So her audition scene was actually, like, the most pivotal moment in that um, movie, and she didn't act out that scene again until they actually shot the shot. Oh, my goodness. Because it's just so emotionally taxing. Yeah. (laughs) Don't cry. I know. I just love this movie. Okay. Um, She did win an Oscar as Sophie. Uh, She won an Oscar for Best Actress. Definitely deserved it. That's great. Um, and then she started her first biographical role in the movie Silkwood, and her next few movies were not as successful, were Falling in Love and Plenty. Mm-hmm. She does a couple of romantic comedies, and they just really don't do well for her, actually. Yeah. I don't know why. So, her next movie is my favorite Meryl Streep movie. Okay. It's called Out of Africa. Oh. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay, so I, I would love to like maybe do this book okay. later on in the podcast, because it's a book. And it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to encourage our listeners to maybe go out and buy the book and then watch the movie. It's just like this really wonderful like romance story mm-hmm. and about this woman who goes to Africa and she has a coffee farm in Africa. Oh my goodness. Um, the best scene, because we have to talk about it, is um, they're at a campsite and Robert Redford is just washing her hair <laughs> and quoting the rhyme of Ancient Mariner. <laughs> It's just so sexy. That's funny. I just like a man just like washing your hair. Mm. I just no. drool, drool, and some more drool. I don't think I'm on board with that. No, you don't want a guy to wash your hair? No. Why not? Because they're not going to do it right. <laughs> they're not going to like rinse, lather, and repeat? Well, it's like, you know, with shampoo, you got to get it on your scalp, but well, not with conditioner. You don't mm. take conditioner all the way to your scalp. Oh, I do. You're not supposed to. Oops. Well, and I, I know I leave my conditioner on like for like... 
10 minutes, like the rest of the shower. Right, you're supposed to leave it on, but like, like you're not supposed to take it all the way up to your scalp. It messes with the natural oils of your scalp. Damn it. Yeah. All right, well, tonight, Mm -hmm. I guess I will condition properly. Properly. Moving forward. Just your tresses, is what they say. My tresses? tresses. Ooh, ooh, la la. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of hair facts for you. Anyway. I definitely needed that. Um, Okay, so... Out of, uh, we're moving on from out of Africa. The late 80s and early 90s saw Meryl in movies that were not as successful. Think She-Devil and Death Becomes Her. Did you ever see those movies? No. You're just, like, not an old movie person. I'm not an old movie person. And I'm not being a very good listener today. Like, (laughs) not very engaging, and I apologize. That's okay. Because you've never seen any of these movies. Oh, man. They're so campy and, like, really cheesy. Death Becomes Her is, like... One of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen, and Goldie Hawn is in it. In my like list of things to watch, really? Yeah, because okay. I keep seeing it pop up like on Prime. Yeah, and it's it's in my list. I need to watch it. I was gonna watch it like at Halloween time last year, and I just oh, didn't get to it. Oh, that would be a good it. Halloween movie. Have, I'll have to watch it at Halloween this year. Yeah, no, well, let's do that. Let's like okay. have a Halloween movie marathon, and yes. that will be part of it. Um, also, she was in another movie. Think the Dingo took my baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That was out of bad Australian accent. No, I just, that's crazy. <laughs> well, she, she was playing this real character about uh, a woman who was accused of murdering her child. Um, and she was saying that the dingo took her baby. Oh, I know this story. I've, yeah. I've heard this actual story. Yeah, that's another one of her biographical like, that's crazy. Yeah. roles that she did. And she was really, uh, she got a lot of rave reviews for taking on an Australian accent. Wow. So, good for her. Can I pause you for just a second and tell you something completely unrelated? Absolutely. So, the other day, I've been having really crazy dreams lately. Like, I had a dream that I somehow shaved off half of one of my eyebrows. Just, like, the (laughs) middle section of it. Okay. And then there was, like, a really good pimple on it, and I got to pop the really good pimple. Anyways, not the point of the story. I had a dream that we were halfway through October, and we had not talked about Halloween yet. (gasps) We had not planned anything. We didn't have any purchases made for costumes. Oh, my God. The anxiety. The anxiety. You know, we planned in July. Yeah. I woke up in a cold sweat. And I was like, what month is it? May. Okay. Okay. I got time. I got time. Yeah. I, like, had a panic attack that we had not planned Halloween yet. I like that. That's your idea of a panic attack. (laughs) Not planning thoroughly for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my panic attacks include not planning. (laughs) I don't know why. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, uh, back on track. The Dango Took My Baby. Um, her next su- successful film was in 1995 was The Bridges of Madison County, which my mother loved, and it was on repeat at my house. <laughs> I think she just, like, was in love with Clint Eastwood, so, mm. and I don't blame him. Have you seen him? Yeah. Mm. And, like, but, like, in some of his, like, younger films. I have, actually, yeah. I mean, like, fucking on point. Point mm-hmm. and like his son Scott Eastwood looks Ooh. exactly like him. he does. Yeah, I just I I've love, seen him in a couple things. Oh, I love Clint Eastwood when he was younger. Like I would totally be in a western with him <laughs> if I could. Um, so actually, this uh, it was written that something really interesting about this as she starts getting older. It's written that Streep became the middle aged actress to be taken more seriously by Hollywood as a romantic heroine. So I think that's a really interesting thing about her career because at this time, you know, in the early 90s, you reach a certain age and you can't play, yeah. like, lead female roles or you can't be a romantic heroine. Like, right. romantic heroines are, like, what, like, in their early 20s? Yeah. You know, they're going off to New York or, like, starting a career, like the Mary Tyler Moore show or shit like that. 
So that was, uh, that's actually also based off of a book, The Bridges of Madison County. Oh, really? Yes, but apparently according, I haven't read it, but according to everyone, the movie's better than the book. Okay. Which I understand, I guess. Not really. Um, she also had some other successful dramas throughout the 90s, seeing Meryl as some of the following characters, a wife dying of cancer, a mother dying of cancer, a teacher with a passion for teaching violin, and many other characters where she completely embodied who she was portraying. Sorry, she's done so many films, I just, we don't have time to list them all. No. So I'm just kind of like doing some highlights of them. Yeah. All right, so we're entering into the 2000s right here. Again, there's no way time we can go over all of her work in the 2000s, but I enjoyed her kookiness in Lemony Snicket's um, A Series of Unfortunate Events. I did. I liked her in I Lemony Snicket. She's, what was she? She was like, Coles, don't go near the fridge. Don't go near the fridge. The doorknobs will burn <laughs> your hand or some crazy stuff like that. And then, you know, at the end of the, sh- the movie, all those things happened. It's been a really long time since I've seen it. it they oh, all yeah, happened. that's right, because, like, the house, like, toppled over. Yeah, because... Because for a woman who's afraid of fucking everything, she lived in a house that was literally built on the edge of a cliff <laughs> over a lake full of, like, flesh-eating flesh eels eating or some shit. Eels, piranha things. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, that's why it's a Lemony Snicket book. That's true. Because they're crazy. Um, of course, as we're entering into 2006... Uh, she played the iconic mm. Miranda Priestly in The Devil Wears Prada. Chills. Chills. Now, this really, this movie really brought her status mm-hmm. as, again, a middle-aged actress playing a lead female role. Yeah. Like, she got a lot of rave reviews. And honestly, like, even though Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt are in that movie, I watched it for Meryl Streep. Yeah. Just, like, that cringe when mm-hmm. she's, like... Sorry. Is the champagne too dry for you? It just is a little bit warm now. Oh, yeah. It's not as good when it's warm, so. Yeah, so we're just, I'm trying to get through it. Down to the end. <sighs> a little bit of a break there as we take a sip of champagne. I mean, I definitely fe- felt the cringe and anxiety every time she commanded others and, like, shot disdain at Annie's fashion choices. Oh, my God. Just, like, when she would, like, take her glasses down <laughs> over her nose, over her which nose. my mother used to do that yes. a lot when she yes. was talking to me. So, for our listeners who don't know, Jessica's mom was our choir teacher in high school, <laughs> and we we were in high school between 2006 and 2010. Oh, now so, they know our age, Krista. I mean, they were gonna. <laughs> Anyways. Um, beside the point, so Jessica's mom reminded me so much of Miranda Priestly in high school because she just was so commanding, and she just, like possessed such power without ever being loud or big or no. you know it was always she always kept her voice very level she does. very it's calm infuriating. she every now and again would just lower those glasses oh and give you God. a side glance out of her eye oh. and you knew she was looking even though we were in a choir of what you know 100 kids or so oh my God. she would just give you that piercing stare into your section and you knew she was looking at you yes oh I'd... it was yeah just like shocking shocking and she would always like walk into the classroom in like four inch heels yes always very like sleek and chic you know like very put together i know i i love my mom so crazy she's the best yeah but she definitely gave me chills whenever i was in her class 
often. I yes. still get chills every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your mom still has that power. She does. I don't and understand how someone who's so tiny and she short is so tiny. can like talk like talk down to someone who's six foot tall. I think you have to be able to do that though, especially when you're that small yeah. and you're trying to command, like I said, a choir of up to a hundred kids sometimes. Yeah. You know, and teenagers. Teenagers Ruly are fucking fuck. rowdy Ru- and rude. Rowdy, rude, and ruly. Yes. That was my alliteration there, even though I finished my classes. Yeah, oh, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm going to do mine. Congratulations. Um, All right, so... (laughs) Um, Another really amazing movie she did in the early 2000s was Mamma Mia. (gasps) Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia. How can I resist ya? Anyways, uh, moving on. She was also a grim nun in the movie Doubt, and she was magical as Julia Childs in Julia and Julia. Julie, Julie, Julie and, and Julia. Julia. Wow, the alliteration. Yeah. A book that I would also like to do for this podcast, since this involves food, mm-hmm. and I really love food. Yeah, absolutely. So if I could like eat in podcast, that would be amazing. Ideal. Uh, you want to take like a booze break? Yeah, let's take a booze break. I need another glass of champagne. We're gonna, we're gonna. Booze break, guys, and we'll we'll be back. And we're back. So Kristen and I got ourselves another glass of our fun little sparkly champagne. Yes. If I put it up to my ears, I can hear the bubbles, which is way better than putting a seashell up against your ears to hear the uh, waves. I definitely would rather hear alcohol bubbles. Oh, absolutely. I don't think the mic is catching it. Though. I don't. But I'm gonna try it though. Let's. All right. Let's drink. Let's drink. All right. So in 2010. Yes. We're getting on up there now. Tell she's been. She's been working for a really long time. Tell me about 2010, Jess. I will tell you about 2010. She won her third fucking Oscar <laughs> as Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. Yep. So I just kind of want to point out a little something that I really do love about Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. So, she doesn't always like her characters she portrays, but she believes in the empathy and, like, of, like, really delving yourself down into, like, characters and figuring out who they are. Like, she didn't like Margaret Thatcher and her policies. Right. She played her to a fucking T. Good. And she won an Oscar for it. I feel it. like a lot of people have to do, have to kind of make that boundary, especially when they're an actor, you know? Well, like... Especially people who do, like, method acting. Right. Like, I'm sure, you know, there have been actors who've played Hitler before. Like, oh, my God. Obviously, you don't agree with Hitler's policies. Or, like, like the people who do, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. Ugh. Exactly. So scary. Like yeah. Our, like our boy Zac Efron. Ugh. Who did uh, Ted Bundy. I really don't think you should put that many good-looking actors <laughs> in a serial killer role. Kind of like with Joe from yeah. You. Yeah. And that's why, like, everybody, like, online is like, oh, my God, they're so hot. Don't forget, they're crazy. They're crazy and serial murderers. Yes. What is it about, like, white men? They're entitled. I don't know. They don't have to have to be a murderer to be entitled. Like, they're just, like, just, like, white men are just, like, serial killers. Yeah. I mean, there are other kinds of serial killers as well. Fuck boys and they're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, even back then in the 70s, they were fuck boys in the 80s. Absolutely. They just didn't have the term for it yet. Right? (laughs) 
fuckboys have been around forever. For a long yes. time. Since Early the 1800s. The they're like sending like a letter off to their mistri- mistress saying it's just not going to work. Really? Because I'm thinking like Adam was probably a fuckboy. <laughs> oh, Adam was a major fuckboy. Yeah. He wasn't happy with Eve at first. No. He went through like a bunch of ladies before he got to Eve. Uh-huh. And God was like, okay. I'm going to need you to stop. I'm going to take a rib out of you. Yes. Make you somebody, okay? Yes, so you belong. So, uh, and if not, I'm going to take another fucking rib from you. <laughs> okay, anyways, we're Apologies so off topic. As we get sacrilegious. <laughs> Sorry. This is what happens when we drink and, like, we were just talking about this. Our tolerance is really low because we've only had a glass of champagne each. And we're both so, happening. like, tipsy and giggly. I like, just it have happens. So quickly. Yeah, I have the giggles. The bubbles and the giggles. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. exciting. Okay, so what happened in 2010? What happened after she won her third Oscar for being Mar- Margaret Thatcher? Um, she was also in a couple of romantic comedies. And some of them I seen. She was in this one called It's Complicated mm-hmm. with Steve Martin mm. and Alec Baldwin. Okay. <sighs> Silver Foxes. Um, <laughs> so while the film Into the Woods was dismissed by critics... I loved her as the witch. Did you ever see Into the Woods? I did not. I can't. Why am I doing this with you? I'm sorry. I just don't I'm understand. I'm feeling you as a friend that I'm Anyways, so sorry. Into the Woods is a musical <laughs> written by Stephen Salentine, which I really don't like his music anyways. It's just because it's so... And it's like the same musical thing throughout the entire musical. Um, but it's basically taking all these like fairy tales and like... Meshing them all together. And yeah. the witch is the one that brings all these fairy tales together because she's manipulating everybody Ooh. so that she can, like, create a potion to be youthful and beautiful. Okay, mother like, yes, queen. Manipulate <laughs> all these bitches. Get yourself, like, some youth and some beauty. Yes. But she actually loses her power. Oh, no. She exchanged power for beauty. So, philosophical question. Hmm. What, like, what's worth more, power or beauty? That's a big philosophical question that I'm not prepared to answer. Like, what would you prefer to have? Because, you know, if you're beautiful, you also have, like, your own power because you can manipulate other people. But if you're powerful, you can do the same thing. Oh, man. Difficult. It's a, it's a fucking Sophie's Difficult. choice right there. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Maybe not quite. Not quite but, a Sophie's yeah. choice. Uh, so how about we invite our listeners to uh, message us and tell us what they would do. Yeah. What they would have. Power or beauty. Power or beauty. What would you? And what would you do for it, too? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I would just pay for Botox, but <laughs> whatever you need to do. Again, she got, had lots more successful movies where she received many, many, many awards and many, 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 many nominations, such mm-hmm. as The Post. Okay. Um, she played the reporter Catherine Graham and Florence Foster Jenkins. Mm-hmm. In 2018, she reprised her role in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Yeah. Do we want to talk about how this like tears us up? <laughs> So, bad. let me let me give a real quick opinion that may be a hot take. Okay. okay. All right, I'm ready. I like the second Mamma Mia more than I like the first Mamma Mia. Not girl, I am all with okay, you. Okay, cool. It's I feel so like good. we get more character development. Absolutely. We know some reasonings behind some choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jessica and I went and saw this movie, of course, when it came out in movie theaters. Yes. I've seen it, you know, several times with Jessica, without Jessica. Um, by myself. <laughs> you know, how dare I watch it without you? I'm so sorry. Um, every single time that song comes on, 
I lose my shit. I can't even listen no. to it on the soundtrack. No, I can't either. I skip it. I skip it because it makes me cry. I it cry literally my eyes out. pulls my heart out of yeah. my chest and just crushes it just and crush. throws it away. Crush. Yeah. So, uh, spoilers. If nobody's seen it, uh, Meryl Streep's character, who was in the first movie, is not is dead. It's dead in the second movie. It's dead. So we get to the end of the movie where what's her name? I mean Sophie. <laughs> Oh, her name is Sophie. I was going to say Amanda Seyfried because that's who plays it. Okay, so Amanda Seyfried, like, has a baby. Yes. And she's getting the baby baptized. And she's walking down the aisle and she's singing the song, My Love, My Life. (sighs) And this, uh, and then Meryl Streep is there. Yeah, like, like, Sophie is imagining her mother (gasps) there there. while they're baptizing the baby. And it's just the most beautiful thing. And they sing this duet in this song and it's just tears. Oh, I'm just, I'm tearing up thinking about it well I think one of the reasons why it's so sad is because like so Donna you know Meryl Streep's character goes through all these guys and like trying to find she's not trying to find romance romance happens to her yes um but she realized that her first love in her life is going to be her daughter (laughs) oh wait okay we need to let's move on what the hell Meryl this is supposed to be a fucking happy musical you're not supposed to make me cry I hate crying. All right, next. She sings in Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, such a good movie. That was a good movie. That was a really long song that she had in there, yeah, though. And she returned to television in Big Little Lies. Okay. Can we talk about Big Little Lies I for haven't a seen it. Okay. I Which watched fine, it. Because you don't watch a lot of movies I watch. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I watched it. It was great. First season was great. She's not in the first season. She's in the second season. Okay. And again, spoilers, she is the father of the guy who gets killed. She's the father? I'm sorry, she's the mother. Oh, I, see, I don't know what the show is about, so I'm like, maybe that works. Maybe. That could work. I don't fucking work. know. Uh, no, she's the mother of Alexander Skarsgård's character. Who, he dies. Um, they kill Alexander Skarsgård? Don't, don't even, because it's it's so good. Like oh he does. God. How do you kill a Viking god? He like is super abusive. Oh, okay. That's fine. It's it's bad. It's fine. not good. Anyways, Ooh. you should watch the show because it's really really good. Anyways, okay, I'll watch it. So she comes into the second episode, into the second season, because there's a murder investigation open. Um, you know, all the women that were involved are trying to play it off like it was an accident. Mm. Um, and she comes in and of she course. doesn't think it was an accident. I mean, she's a mom. So, having seen what happened in the first season, obviously her character doesn't know what happened, doesn't know oh, that he was no. an abusive husband, you know, doesn't know that he's done these terrible things. He, of course, she wants to believe the best in her son. She comes in yeah. full ready to defend him and, you know, is, like, causing a lot of stink with these women. Okay. And it's really hard for her, like, it was really hard for me to see her play someone that I didn't, a character that I didn't like, because I love Meryl Streep. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to see her as a character that's not likable. It was, it was tough. But it was a great, it was a great show. And I think she, like, her character developed toward the end, and she finally understood that he wasn't a good person, and that she had not raised a good person. That's got to be heartbreaking, though, as a mother. Yeah. You know? And, like, part of, like, another layer of it was they were in a car accident when they were children, and, like, one of her other sons died in the car accident, and she was driving. So it's like, you know, you have that extra layer of she already failed one son. She didn't believe she could fail another son. But she had. Oh, my God. You really have to watch it. 
Well, I I, I bought I bought the book and I want to read book the book first. The book is great. Ah, oh, my gosh. It's it's good and I think it's comparable to the show. Okay, it's yeah. just been sitting on my shelf as a TBR kind of book. Well, yeah, there's lots of those. I have so many, so many. of those. Okay. Um, All right. So after uh, Big Little Lies, what's next? Well, we're actually, like, getting into, like, our year, finally. She's been going on for a really long time, since, like, the 1970s. So, she was Aunt March in Little Women, and Mm. I loved her. I loved Little Women. So good. You know, just, like, really amazing female characters, and she played Aunt March really well. So, soon, she's going to be in a Netflix movie. It's going to be released on Netflix, and it's going to be called The Prom, which is a Ryan Murphy film. Nice. Okay. So, I like anything Ryan Murphy does. Yeah, for sure. Always really happy with that, but here we are. Now okay, we are now we're all in caught up. 2020. Nice. Cool. So do we want to go over some fun facts about Meryl Streep? Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hit me okay. with them. This is when you know you've reached fucking queen status. Mm-hmm. She has a Sesame Street character named after her. What? The muttonous Meryl Sheep. That's <laughs> hilarious. Meryl she Sheep. also has a song and the stage version of fame titled think of meryl streep oh i mean i love that nice so while she's known for all of her dramatic films yeah. mama Mia is her highest grossing film i for sure can see that i can see that i mean mm. of course people are gonna flock to the movies yeah. they want to feel happy they want to feel happy don't and make wanna, me fucking cry you want to sing along to abba songs i will always sing along yeah. to an abba song yes dancing queen she kept the iconic sunglasses that she wore as Miranda Priestly and wore them during the money, money, money number in Mamma Mia. That's amazing. I think it was like when they were like on the yacht and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking for those sunglasses. <laughs> You're not going to find them. I can't find them. The only thing that's close is like these like Tom Ford sunglasses, which are called the Miranda fame, but frame, but they made them after the movie. Yeah. And they're bigger. Mm. I can't pull off that look. That's a Jackie O look. So yeah. I can't really pull that off. Um, here's a really cute fact. So Meryl was always like naturally introverted than her mother. And when she became an adult and she ever needed an injection of confidence, she would consult her mother and asking her for advice because growing up, her mom was always like, you can do anything you put your mind to. Just do it. Just go and do it. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Her character in Big Little Little Lies is her legal name. Yes. Isn't that adorable? That's really cool. I like that. I like that. Um, Meryl Streep is the godmother of Billy Lord. That's really cool. Because she and Terry Fisher were really good friends. I love that. I'm not crying. Nope. nope I'm not we're crying. Not, we're not crying in this episode. I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay. Nope. Are you ready for some sparkles? Yeah, give me some sparkles. I'm ready for some sparkles. So, Meryl Streep's always been really fucking humble. And she's always been really private. Like, she, she when she was younger, she they lived in L.A. She and her family lived in L.A. She hated the L.A. life, and then they moved to Connecticut. And, like, so her children, like, grew up, like, pretty normal lives, like, mm-hmm. out in Connecticut instead of living that, like, L.A. life. Yeah. But um, a biographer wrote to her, an advisor, that he was going to be writing a biography on her. And she replied with, leave me to the thing I love. I love acting. But being called the greatest living actress, a designation not even my mother would sanction, is the opposite of good or valuable or useful. It is a curse for a working actor. Okay. Well then. So fucking humble. So fucking humble. I can't even get to that. Um, my another one of my, this is my favorite sparkle. The formula of happiness and success is just being actually yourself in the most vivid, 
possible way you can. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get that tattoo somewhere. That's I'm gonna like beautiful. put it on my mirror. Yeah. So that like it's, it'll be my daily affirmation yeah. for when I'm getting ready in the morning. That's sweet. I love that. Anyways, that was what I had. Yeah. For Meryl. Great. Yay. All right. So um that's all we have for Meryl Streep. Thank you so much for listening today. Yes. If you are Um, listening along or reading along with us our next book is gonna be a simple favor so krista as a simple favor would you take a drink with me absolutely i'm not even close to being done with my second glass all right drinks to that delicious as always please subscribe you can follow us on instagram at book wasted podcast you can always say hi Mm -hmm. and stay Stay wasted wasted, my friends. friends I wasn't prepared for that. I was looking at you and I'm like, I'm leaving.